Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group, and here's our host, Tom Dupree. So this song was a hit worldwide, literally worldwide, in about 1963. It was released in Japan uh, by Kiyu Sakamoto um, in 61, and it's it's... Lyrics are very simple. It's about whistling and being happy despite what's going on in your life. Think about this. This coming from a guy whose country had had an atomic, two atomic bombs dropped on it 16 years earlier. And yet, he's talking about being happy and what I'm going to talk about this hour is about climbing a wall of worry everything seems like it could be why'd you turn it off that's the end of the song. Okay. Sorry. You want me to play it again? Yeah. I'll just tee it up and start it over again. If you want to talk over music for the next okay. 30 minutes, we can just the, play it the over point, The over. point I'm trying to make is that sometimes... <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can you take that out? Or are you going to... I mean... In the dumper, let's call it. You know, they don't have to be. Now, why am I doing all these shows about the stock market? (laughs) Because we have had more negative news in the last three to five years, really three and a half years, 
than maybe in the history of this country. Uh, it's been awful bad. Let's put it that way. I put it top five. There is every reason to believe that the future is bleak. When you do a poll, something like 75% of the country feels like we're moving in the wrong direction. You know, they say that Biden has, I don't know, 38, 40%, 42% support. <laughs> I think that number's a little high. The bottom line that I'm trying to say here is that everything sounds like it should be negative. Now, I've been in the investment business for 45 years. How long? 45 years. 45 years. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the point I'm trying to make, <coughs> and I, I know it didn't come across that well, is every year in that 45 years, there has been something wrong. Something and in some years, it would be worse than others. We've processed so much negative over the last three years. You had COVID. You had the market go down. And then you've had all these interest rate hikes. The inflation that looked like it was getting out of control. Then the subsequent interest rate hikes. Every kind of body blow that could have and should have occurred to make people hopeless. Despite that, certain areas of the stock market and consequently life in general have survived and even begun to thrive. Now, the stock market is a gauge, to a certain degree, of entrepreneurialism, productivity, and in general, faith in life. People who have faith in life, who believe that they're here to do something, get up and come out with a way to approach life creatively and productively on a daily basis. They do this despite evidence to the contrary. In other words, they can look around and find reasons to doubt their own optimism. And they can find good reasons to doubt their own optimism. They can have people tell them, well, studies show that that's not going to work. You know, the industry says this is not this or that. If they listen to those, quote, studies, a lot of times they will simply retreat back into their hole and not do anything. It's the people who come out and despite all the naysaying, do something anyway. That's what drives the economy 
forward. I want to read a little something from Seeking Alpha called Climbing a Wall of Worry. This is written by David Bronstein. He's a CFA. He posts on Seeking Alpha. He says, the stock market is often said to climb a wall of worry. This means that the market or certain companies in the market can continue to rise even in the face of negative news and economic uncertainty. This is because investors are willing to buy stocks when they believe that the long-term outlook for the economy is positive, and I should say that over certain lengths of time, the long-term outlook for the economy has been positive essentially 100% of the time. So they're basically voting with history. There are many examples of historical stock market rallies that have occurred despite a wall of worry. For example, in the early 2010s, <laughs> so which year would that actually be? Uh, well, I know 2010 was. The stock market rallied strongly even though there were concerns about the slowdown in China's economy and also, of course, the recovery from 08 and 09 where we had a debt crisis. There have been, I'll just say there have every year that I've been in the investment business, there's been a reason to doubt that the world's going to survive. Let me give you the biggest heart stopper I can remember, which was in 1981. And what had happened was that interest rates had gone from basically 6% to 12% in a year and a half, basically maybe two years. And this had happened because we had this nagging inflation. Nobody had, knew how to do anything about it. Paul Volcker comes on as the chairman of the Federal Reserve and basically puts the economy into cardiac arrest by targeting M1 and the growth of M1, which was the money supply, meaning money in checking accounts. That Back then they traced M1, M2, other types of forms of money, and M1 was the one that was the most pernicious because that was the money that was the mo most likely to get spent and push up prices. They decided to slow down the growth of M1. The way they did it was raising short-term interest rates very high. It cratered the bond market, and it appeared, you know, that, that we were facing an economic collapse. I recall the late Don Ball, Paul Holmes here in Lexington, who was in the home building business at the time, say that he did not 
think they would ever sell another house. And why? Because mortgage rates, that was the cost of getting a mortgage on a house, got as high as 13%. If you were going to buy a house, you had to borrow money at 13% interest in order to buy a house. And he was in the home building business. He went through that. Somehow they survived. Many builders did not. I know of several that went under during the big uh, interest rate hike in, in the early 80s. It was very bleak. The stock market was trading at under 1,000 on the Dow. It's very hard for us to go back and, and, and look at that period in economic history and really relate to what was happening because it seemed, even at the time, like it was a dream, a bad dream. People who figured out that it was time to buy not only bonds but also stocks had to do so in the face of incredible evidence to the contrary that would have said to them, go get in the fetal position. This is the end. You don't want to be in the middle of all this. Go hide in a corner. There was an older gentleman who was a client of our firm who figured it out and began buying long-term bonds and made an incredible amount of money. Most people don't want to buck really what's happening. Most people simply do not have the mental and emotional fortitude to do it. Listen, I understand. I don't have it myself frequently. But this is the hope that breaks through sometimes despite all evidence to the contrary. Let's fast forward to today. If you look, what were we being told during COVID? We're going to have millions of deaths from this. I remember somebody, you know, saying India, where it was hard for them to get people under control. They were saying there could be in India, Asia, as many as 500 million deaths from COVID. I remember seeing that number. Nothing like that occurred wasn't anywhere close to that. I don't know what the final numbers were, but it was nowhere near what people were saying was going to potentially happen. You see, when it's negative, people are willing to listen to negative things. But what we have seen, I believe, is endurance, getting through these very difficult times. And now we're looking, and it may seem unlikely, at uh, 
runway, you know, to some potentially interesting investment performance. Could I be wrong? Sure, I could be wrong. One of the things that uh, I've been running on the radio on, uh, as an ad is that I believe that longer-term interest rates will go lower over the next 18 months. I still believe that. And that there are ways to um, set oneself up to earn above-average uh, dividend and interest returns over a long period of time if you're studious about what you about looking at it um i believe such a time is now folks if if you if you don't have a plan that's a good plan give us a call we have over the years built our business mainly off this radio show. This radio show has brought us so many people as clients because people actually listen to what we're saying. And in some cases, they take our advice and act. It's always better to act than not to act. And it's never too late to act. Sometimes you may think, well, I waited too long. No, you probably didn't. You're just on time, just in time. You're acting when you're ready to. Nobody acts until they are ready. Get ready. <laughs> because, you know, Some things make sense now in terms of you know, there's sufficient negativity out there that has worked its way through the system and may indeed become a thing of the past. Sometimes you have to lose hope in anything ever working right again for hope to come back to you because I'll say this about hope. It's very hard to conjure it up. You can white knuckle things and stay alive during difficult times, but finally the worm has to turn. It has to get easier to be hopeful at some point, just like with a bad market. Things can be bad for a while. But endurance is quite often the thing that needs to occur. And if we've endured thus far, things could get a lot better. All right, I guess that's my cue to start some music here and wrap this segment up. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show with our host, Tom Dupree. We bring you this show every week to 
bring you financial news and information. And you will notice that we have started doing more of a focus with the radio show on financial news. We're going to continue to do that. We're going to be bringing you some timely topics that will help you plan for your retirement, that will guide you to and through retirement. And we're going to have a content calendar coming up that is going to be really, really stock full of good information to help you chart your way to retirement. We look forward to bringing that to you, and we hope you'll tune in every week to listen to it. You've been listening to The Tom Dupree Show. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the second segment of the hour. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show, powered by Dupree Financial Group. And here's our host, Tom Dupree. You know, this is a song that was a big hit in 1964. It was by a guy from New Orleans named Al Hurt, H-I-R-T. And many years ago, the, the, the sort of the pop charts 
had a lot of other kinds of songs in there and that I'm going to play a few. Uh, I'm, I'm sending Elizabeth a couple of uh, things here that um, w- became sort of chart hits. I got one coming. To, all right, I've sent you three. Play the one that just that, I, that you just got. Well, that's not that one. We'll play that. All right. Now, this guy, this thing came out in 1963. This was a group of nuns from France, actually Belgium. And uh, she was called the Singing Nun. And it was sort of a folky tune. Somehow this thing made it to number one. So uh, back then, what was classified as popular music wasn't always just rock and roll. It wasn't always uh, the Beatles, although the Beatles became the whale in the room right at this time. They were just starting to, and, and then you'd have the top 10 songs, and six of them would be the, by the Beatles. But there was also sort of a diversity of other kinds of music now pot that down and then there's another one i sent you which is more along a jazz genre and this was a song uh that this guy actually was kind of a country he crossed over into country a little bit and you would hear this at he kind of was based out of nashville as i understand this is boots randolph and they use th- yeah, they use this for um, little kid races at baseball games, like professional games at the Legends, or they have them on those jumpy horse things, and they're racing to this music. <laughs> so <laughs> does it give you a mental or at UK baseball games picture of little kids running? On those I remember this horses. song. Yeah. They would they would play this. I remember them playing. That they had this double decker ferris wheel at the bluegrass fair that would kind of go over and i remember getting on that thing flying around and this music was playing and kind of almost makes me nauseous i agree it's also like a a song you would hear outside a bouncy house when people are slamming into each other (laughs) well that's yakety sax by uh uh boots randolph and he kind of had a career in nashville also so anyway these are songs that got into the top 40 and you know were not really sort of rock and roll and then uh it does kind of make you dizzy after a while yeah it does and and then you would have a song you know like this one hold on i'll send it to you in just a second don't want to be left high and dry here so yeah i need some kind of clock tick tock tick tock does that make you think it, it did that song make you think of people jumping up <laughs> hold on i got my sound effects over here i can hit while you're all right i just sent you one more all right all right now this would have been we're moving more into the pop realm here. And. Round, round, get her 
now you're getting into this. Now, just think of the Beach Boys in terms of their harmonies. Listen to the different vocal parts in this song. And summer is a time when kids would be listening to the radio more than like when they'd be in school. Uh, they're just going to be more. And, and back then it was transistor radios uh, that people listened to. Now... So we can't ignore the Beatles, of course. And, uh, hold on. Cannot ignore the Beatles. Uh, here we go. All right, you got it. got to fill the air now. The next song we'd like to sing. You know from that chord what song it is. Now this is where things were going. And I have to say that the Beatles... They totally monopolized summer radio play for five years. Every time, let's call it 1964 to 1969, every time you listened to a song on the radio in the summer or looked at the top 40, there was a chance, I'd say a 40% chance, that the song playing on the radio would be the, by the Beatles. That's never happened before, and I doubt it'll ever happen again. This is probably live at Shea Stadium. All right. You got to be my age, you know, to remember this kind of thing. All through those periods in history, there were negative things out there. There's always been something negative. Always been something that you could worry about. In order to be successful in life, ultimately, you've got to be an optimist. You have to, you know, decide that life is worth living. There's something good about it. And you cannot invest and do well at investing without being... Now, you can be a pessimistic optimist. There is a place for pessimists. These are people who take a generally dour view of life. They see a lot of problems out there. I'm like that. 
I'm not rosy optimistic all the time. I'm just not built that way. That doesn't mean that there's not a place for me also. You know, you're, you're, I can't stand overly optimistic Pollyanna-ish people. They drive me nuts. And, you know, and I'm never going to be one of those. But when push comes to shove, I believe in life. I believe that, you know, there is a reason to do the stuff that you do. And that it it's actually a good thing. Now, if you start with that premise, there, there's another one I just sent you. You can sort of play it in the background. Um, then you, you can be constructive on the market, on any kind of thing. And this is what you would do in order to make your life better. You know, you, you want to look at what's good. Well, one thing we know is it's good for people to be able to eat, to drive, go places. So there are things you can invest in that add to the quality of life. It's good to dig and think about where your money is going. Some people say... It, this isn't what I want to do. That's not what I'm into. I, I don't. I just want to live life. I don't need to know how everything in my house works in order to know I like my house. I don't need to ha- know how every appliance works. I don't know how to f- need to know how to fix everything, and I don't really need to know how my investment portfolio works. I just like dealing with the people I deal with. Okay. That's fine. But I think it might be a good thing to know somebody that knows why things work and why they don't. Because usually when we get phone calls from people who are worried about markets, They're worried about something they don't understand. And they don't have the full picture. That's not a reason to be worried. That's a reason to get educated. You know, if you could substitute worry for education you might be a lot happier now there are some things that you just can't understand and that's not to say that life doesn't have mysteries it does one great mystery is why on earth my wife stays with me after some of the goofy stuff I do, what can you help me unpack that mystery a little bit right there? Where do you want me to start? <laughs> and you're giving me a hot mic. 
Well, okay, you said, <laughs> you said don't leave you, don't leave you hanging out there with. Them. Yeah, if you all notice, absolutely the, the, last, me the, last. the last segment. So now I've given you a big fat pitch, you know, something you okay. can talk about. Well. I even asked you, well, why, why, you know, that's a great mystery. Okay, I'm not even going to let you go oh, you too t- far. Oh, you asked me a question no, and now, then you yeah, just now start talking. You down. Yeah, no, the last segment, if you notice, Tom, <laughs> at, at, we had about two minutes left and he throws me in the grease. Okay, all right. It's it's life with Tom, though. You've got to be, you gotta be on your like, toes. All right, that's a great You've right. got to be on your well, toes let me, let me keep and going ready here, to cause, roll. Because I want to know. So, <clears throat> so let's get back to this thing of getting worried about your portfolio. <clears throat> let me tell you something. I have been unbelievably worried at times about our portfolio i'm in charge of not only my portfolio but portfolio of a lot of other people every time you talk about waking up at two o'clock in the morning and getting on your knees and praying honey i've done a bunch of that and i'll probably do a bunch more but after I've done that, settled my nerves, if I return to my an hour, it's a team deal here, it isn't just me, if I return to our original premise based on our research, go back and say, what did I miss? What did we miss? Where did we get overly optimistic and fall in love with our own ideas that's a danger right there you get something in your head you fall in love with it you say oh i'm right and you don't want to hear anything to the contrary big danger where did we do this where have we screwed up you look into it you look into it you look into it you think about it you pray about it you go to sleep on it you come back and look at it again and then you realize <coughs> it was a sound investment decision based on your research yes you've gone back and re-examined it no you can't find a huge problem with it and so then you have to just sweat it out and wait for things to pass which we've done on some things works out that is back to this climbing the wall of worry there's always going to be something that's out there to blow your thesis in pieces. Because if it was a slam dunk, it would, everybody would see that it works. And they don't. Because there's disagreement. I mean, you know, I had a guy call me the other day and says, uh, do you want to sell your firm? We, oh, we get asked all the time. Do you want to sell out? Want to sell your firm? And I said, no, not really. No interest. He said, well, you know, I want to build this multi-billion dollar thing. And I said, you know what I want to do? I want to make my clients happy. That's 
it's for me it isn't about you know getting hugely wealthy yes i want to make my clients money but i don't want to get wealthy at the expense of my clients because there's a way to do it where you can make money for your clients and for yourself and you're not taking it out of them in terms of commissions and things like that. And I thought about this and I thought, you know, what a hollow existence that all you can think about is just making more money for yourself. Okay, great. But I get more satisfaction out of knowing that we've done well sometimes for people who would never have been able to do it for themselves. You know, I don't know how to explain it. But it's a true privilege doing what we're doing. and But you have to do your part. You cannot listen forever to negative stuff. Some people are hooked on negativity. They watch too much TV. Watch the wrong kind of TV. I can't watch network TV at night. There, there are some good shows. The one that Queen Latifah is in. That's the one you like to watch. The Equalizer. Yeah. That's a pretty good show. I can't watch this Yellowstone thing. It just... I, I think of Kevin Costner as being a better actor than that. He, I don't think he's as good as he used to be. But anyway, the point is you need to fill your mind with productive things. I saw the importance of this when I went through a very negative period in my life and my mind was constantly besieged with negative thoughts. And I realized... I had to root those out and put in good thoughts. That's why I don't have patience for, you know, a lot of namby-pamby junk on the radio or stupid TV shows. I don't watch a lot of politics, even though I've commented on it. But these are my opinions formed by my own study, and I don't go out and get them from listening to you don't, don't do a lot of listening. You do a lot of reading, a well, whole lot I of reading. Absorb things, and but I don't get it from you know Sean Hannity or somebody. I do miss Rush Limbaugh. I thought he was unbelievably compelling and a, and a wonder, real force. And he always had original ideas. His thinking was very original. Well, and he was out there before there were as many talk type people. On. All right, that's a wrap for this hour. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. As Tom says, the stock market goes up and down, but good companies endure. If you'd like to learn about the good companies that we research every day, call us at Dupree Financial Group, 859 233 0400. You can also schedule an appointment with us directly on the homepage of our website at dupreefinancial.com. We appreciate you listening, and we'll talk to you next week.